Welcome back to an all-new installment of the Super Mario Brothers podcast, where we don't really fit to meet your plan, do we? But you will take us as we are. I'm Super Mario Brother Matt. And I'm Super Mario Brother Dan. Channeling Dream Theater today for some reason. Not too sure why. Maybe a bit emotional for a heavy essay this Saturday, Danny. Yeah, it should be a great uh, concert, great gig, however you want to describe it, label it. We don't like labels here, but I choose to label it because I'm my own man. But this Saturday at Fowler's Live, I believe, all day, every day. But mostly just a Saturday. Yeah. And it's pretty much from, I think, I think all South Australian bands as well playing. Yeah. And don't let the notion that the Super Metal Brothers will be there stop you from going. I mean, there's metal there and stuff, you know. We'll be in the back anyway, keeping to ourselves. Or will we? That's the secret of the dance, right? But we are looking forward to the show. But you came in here to listen to us talk about, you know, metal, right? And about what's happening in the latest thing. We've had an interesting week, I guess, Danny. You know, a lot's been going on. Uh, what's been going on with you, though? Oh, no, much. just really counting the days, waiting until, like, heavy SA comes along, because my life's not really that exciting, apart from Saturday gigs and heavy metal music, really. Well, let's talk about what today's show is going to be, or tonight, depends where we are in the world. We're talking about singers, how much they earn or how much they don't earn, and, you know, we're talking about the top, you know, it's the top of the pile right here. We're doing a retro review. Now, this is a classic album that we actually asked the fans for. We've never really done this before, and... Uh, We'll get to that. We'll talk about who yeah. voted that later on. There's a couple of bugs that we didn't anticipate with our voting system, so that's we'll, all right, we'll man. Prove it. We're gonna we're gonna be fine. Live and learn. But first off, let's talk the news. Speaking of which, let's start on a very positive note with our friends from Winter Sun. We talked about this last year, I think it was, Danny, about how much these guys are actually making, right? Because they've asked for up to seven hundred and fifty thousand euros. Why do they want that much for a, an album? Well, they actually want to make a studio for this next album. They can't foresee it sounding any good in a conventional studio. They got sunk in mind. We thought this wasn't going to work. We've seen like patients like this quite flop, you know. Uh, but this one, Danny, seems to be going pretty well. This is dominating. They wanted 750,000 euros, which is probably about... 950,000 Australian, and they've gotten over halfway, man. They're not living on a prayer. They've, like, taken more than their hand, and they're going to make it, I swear, Matt. You know, they've apparently made about 440,000 or so euros, something yeah. around that mark. Do you reckon they're thinking about Bon Jovi as they're writing it? No, nah, I've heard there's music, actually, and it's a, bit, <laughs> it's a little bit heavier than Bon Jovi, I must, must agree. But the, the weirdest thing about this band is that you go on their Facebook page, they have, like, a lot of followers, but only about 300,000. And if you look at like their hits on YouTube, again, they're in the hundreds of thousands. They're not like a million plus voter or uh, like subscribing bands. So their fans are rich fans. Yeah. They've obviously channeled into not as how many you want, but who you want as your fan. So particularly you might have 20,000 people, but if like, you know, uh, the guys from Beatles love your stuff, that's four guys. They own, you know, a, a condo and 17 houses and stuff. You know, they what, you want them to be your fan. Then yeah. we get them on Patreon. I don't realize that Colombian drug lords like that um, <laughs> gothic progressive black metal. I, I don't know what it's classified as, but yeah, I, yeah. They, like their style. So, hey, good work for them, eh? Looking into the underbelly, I'm sure that works well for, you know, the guys from the Goodfellas movie. So, you know, what could possibly go wrong, right? What's What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, just, just make sure that your name's on your, like, recording studio title. It's, like, owned by some dude in Colombia because that's his, his payment. He owns it now. Well, there's nothing like taking something out of context on the Super Metal Brothers, and we like to do that a lot here. Uh, we've seen the lady from Delane got asked the question, does sexism exist in the music industry? 
but it was actually a pretty tame uh, interview. She was quite, you know, on point and, you know, gave her uh, political opinion on something quite controversial, I guess. But uh, let's take something out of context, right? Let's just take one thing that I, I found hilarious in the article. Oh, no, right? Yeah, misogyny. Uh, sexism everywhere. I didn't realize my toaster was a sexist pig. Did you know that, Danny? Maybe you've got a kettle that you bought and it's just fueling hate speech. It's like, oh, the wage gap. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well my toaster always like burns things. So it maybe prefers black toast rather than white toast. So, <laughs> so it's a racist. It's a racist toaster. <laughs> Reverse racism, I think they would Reverse call racism, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but like the most article is pretty point. Like, the worst thing is that it's a double-edged sword because they ask this question to be like politically savvy, but obviously men don't get asked that question. What's it like to be a man in the industry, right? So obviously it's a, it's a loaded question. So like the question needs to go. If you don't want sexist comments, then that question has to go, right? Yeah, but that's what this front woman was kind of suggesting. She was kind of saying like, we got a new lead, another singer in our band who happened to be a girl and a guitarist. And you actually ask what's it like having another girl in a band or... She was just like, well, could you just ask what to like having another guitarist in the band? Because that's that's the important. They're question. musos, man. You know, yeah. they if they're not they're not there to do it. But you know, such is life, such is the culture, I guess. So we'll move on to NXT. We just had WrestleMania on Monday. That's why I'm feeling a bit seedy, unfortunately. My guys, obviously, I picked the t- losing team all the time, so I'm a bit uh, a bit tired today. But uh, great WrestleMania. But before on NXT, we had a wrestler called Alistair Black. And did you see his entrance, Danny? I did actually. It was quite a uh, quite gothic, quite Dracula esque type. Yeah, he kind of like raises from the ground like uh, an emo Dracula. It was kind of um, I don't know how to put it. I think it was brutal, but then it's kind of silly. But it's wrestling, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it's, I guess in a way it has to be tame. I mean, the the music was pretty tough, but then they had a guy who was kind of like rage against machining. Yeah, over like it. black black veil brides kind of yeah, thing. It's yeah. kind of got that. Angsty thing like that. But, but then they checked in like the um choir and like the um you the know strings. Yeah, the yeah. Ball, like, oh, 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 oh. It's like death brooding. <laughs> but but the guy is like just wearing a vesto and he's like a ranger. So he's it's not really But he times mm. that look up perfectly. You know how you got someone ah. evil is when you look at them, they're looking like very weird, something, but then the music hits and they look up yeah. and you're like, ooh, mysterious. Just wait for that Seppy Roth. <laughs> Burning <laughs> churches and stuff yeah. behind him, you know, that's fine. Our childhood ruins. Well, now that Undertaker's uh, retired, he can steal the tombstone, tie it all together. Ah, maybe he will. Maybe he probably won't. We got trolled though this week. It was April Fool's last week. Actually, we're on the fourth, so it was only four days ago when no, we were recording. It was Saturday, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we kind of got trolled, but uh, I saw this. I saw this headline, and I was like, "No way in hell, this is true." And uh, yeah, the link sends you to a uh, false flag where it's April Fools. Suicide Silence issue apology for the latest album. They knew that they screwed up. We knew going into this, Danny, that this was be a troll because we have we've been following these guys, and they had no inkling of slowing down their um their rant train, really. Well, I just hopefully they finally decide to like hire a um, image consultant or yeah. something, or like a their promoter, or the producer, or the record company. But no, 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 you really have to clean up your image, otherwise we're not going to give you another album contract. Yeah, and the, you know that there's uh, TV shows where they get those really rich tycoon that go to houses. Like obviously, you know they're a high income earner and they pick on just stuff that uh, looks like crap. Get free free help from all these tradies to like do up your house like look how cheap we did it I'm like yeah you got all that free help that doesn't count you add that cost to it as well right you know what I'm talking about uh, he's kind of wavering a bit but go on. yeah so they need that person who goes ah. into it to go into the band for the image consultant right so it's kind of like what they do with the houses but for bands yeah. and that's what I thought they did but they're yeah. like they finally got 
you know, Gordon Ramsay or whatever to come in and clean the mess up. But uh, nah, they just want to set fire to the whole thing, don't they? But now they've gone a whole new level of douchiness. Like, first they were like douchey. Now they're like April Fool's pranking their fans douchey. I mean, that is freaking ridiculous. I understand. Do these guys not want to be musicians anymore? Have they got like a really bad record contract? And the only way they can get out of this record contract yeah. is if they get fired. And But once they get fired, they get millions of dollars because of unfair dismissal. Is that, is that what they're trying to do? I That's, think you might be right. I think these guys are trying to get into like a porn industry or something. And they're like, the only way we can get in is if we ever get fired from our current job. It's like yeah. a Seinfeld when George like tries to like destroy all that New York Yankees merchandise. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, right. Um, you know, yeah. So we keep covering it because we just love, this is like a train. This is before we thought it was a car accident, but now it's like a train smashing into a bus full of people, which was hosting all the biggest world leaders at the time as well. You know, this thing is just, you cannot keep your eyes off of it, right? Yeah. Honestly, geez. And what made it worse, I said they're going to release like another album this year. And it's going to be like what the fans kind of want. And I was like, really? Well, um. Sight for the Sore Eyes. What about Sight for the Sore Ears? We are talking about Disney. They're actually not really into metal, to be honest. Like I'd imagine that the images that they conjure up, isn't, they're not inspired exactly by the Prince of Darkness. Although they have got some pretty evil guys in uh, the in Disney world. Oh, yeah. And they always murder like family members off. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty twisted. These guys, are, these guys are pretty sick, man. Well, they finally decided to get on the metal train and they've released a bunch of classic albums with all that fake facetto that you've never really wanted anyway. We're talking about that over like, you know, I guess it's uh, Breeding the Beast song. I wouldn't know, man. I haven't watched movies for like, yeah, ever since I saw that. You know, was it Masafa die or whatever his name was? Yeah, Lion King. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why would I go get bummed? <laughs> Watching that on Father's Day. Oh, that's a good movie. <laughs> Real pick me up that one Real there, you know. Up. But anyway, um, what did you hear, Daniel? Did you hear these songs like where you're like, ah, oh, I didn't really need that. Yeah. Um, I thought it'd be cool. I thought that'd be really epic. Like, if Disney did it, I thought they'd have a great budget, throw like an orchestra to it, get it properly like convert these um, Disney classic songs like, you know, I don't know. Actually, well, like Under the Sea from Blue Mermaid and Magic Carpet, I would that one from Aladdin, whatever. I can show you the world. Mm. Well, I thought they would actually have done fully, like try it at least, but they're not. It's just like really average, and it's just it's just disappointing. Yeah, so much potential. It's a, it's like oh, they're metalheads. They'll like what they tell us, like you know, the whole like WWE mentality with uh, Vince McMahon kind of thing. You know, you just kind of ruling the roost. It's like, well, where else are you gonna get your heavy metal fix with Disney ballads? I'm like, do we need yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. We 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 own the rights, man. That's what you're gonna get, son. Yeah, I felt pretty mixed about that. But then I heard this story and then, wow, my mixing went into like cake worthy. Now, this is like, honestly, you could serve this up, put it in the oven and give it to your relatives that you fake conversations with every uh, birthday. We're talking about Demi Borgir. The mixing of the album is happening right now. This album they're going to drop is going to be later this year. I cannot tell you how much I love Golda. I think Old Man's Child is one of the best bands ever created. It was just his thing. He just get in musos to like play some of the best melodies ever put to um to a death metal soundtrack or black metal, sorry. Uh, then he obviously got the pay packet. You know, Jimmy Borgie came around knocking like, hey, how would you like to be in a band that makes way more money? And he's like, yeah. Uh, but they write better songs, Danny? Oh, Matt, people can't hear you nodding, Matt. So that's or see you nodding. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I'm shaking yeah. my head now. I'm oh, shaking your head now. Sorry. Oh, I'm nah, sorry. Jimmy Borg here. They they geez, they're going full out with this one. Hey, they got the orchestra out, and they're gonna have big string sections, and it's gonna have all that stuff that make your yeah. girlfriend's panties fall off. But why make my panties fall off? Or will it? Well, know. you don't wear any panties, Matt. Uh, you don't yeah. wear any underwear, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the problem with um 
this that he's saying, oh, they're in post production now. They're putting all the like additional things on, but yeah. that's a lot of work for Demi Borgia. So to say that they they're ready to be released this year, you know, you just don't know. All the orchestra feels they're brought in, all the like. Larry, what happens yeah. if, like, yeah, a, a bad case of you know gazpacho gets circled around the uh, you know the, the the classical period thing? I don't know what they eat, like probably kids or something. I don't know, but like, yeah, they get, they get a bad little uh, toddler, and all of a sudden now they're out for the three weeks, like you said, Danny. Then what happens? And you got no violins. You don't have violins. You don't have black metal, right? Yeah, definitely. So, like, you don't have like choir girls. Al- oh, oh, yeah, Roth. Yeah. Album gets canned. You know they go back into debt. Golda gets back into old man's child. We need to find a way how to contaminate their food. All right. We're here in Australia, but I'm sure we can make our way to Europe and somehow contaminate. You guys have some Norwegian friends up there, and you feel as passionate about Old Man's Child and as least passionate about Timmy Volker as me, then uh, make it happen, man. I've got like, I don't know, what can we give them? Uh, lint? Belly blunt lint? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We don't even have to contaminate their food, just contaminate their face paint. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah, we'll just attack the band. Yeah, all right. Just be like, Golda, don't wear that face paint. Yeah, you'll, oh, you'll thank me later. No, don't do it. Sure. It's official. Perfect Circle released their fourth studio album in 2017. Wow, what a coincidence. We have seen this massive inspiration from Maynard at the moment. We're obviously, Tool having their album slowly leak and an actual three shows. Wow. These guys, when inspiration strikes hot, man, these guys are on fire. They well, just cannot not, stop giving back to the fans. Yeah. They? It might take them 15 years to get that inspiration, but when they get the inspiration, boy, it, it, it slowly makes its way there. I don't get it how it happens, man. You, you people are killing it. You're, you're the reason this happens, and you just like line up like a domestic violence survivor, but I still love him, but no, nah, they don't love you, man, you know? But, uh, you know, go play with your toys. Reckon we'll review it? Uh, I don't know. I think Maynard must be running out of money. For him to release two albums within like six months apart, or he's either, or maybe he's a really clever businessman, so then he can tour with both Tool and Perfect Circle at the same time and promote the new album for both. He might just be very clever. Yeah, like really lazy. He's like, all right, all I need to do now is do one tour with Perfect Circle and Tool together, make enough money to for buy my wine that for the next 10 years, right? Yeah. And then the cycle continues, and he's yeah. like, he's just... The fans have got him hooked. So, and you know, he's, he might even appear on our list later on. He is a singer. So, we might have to talk about that in our editorial. So, we'll move on to another singer with Ripper Owens. We talked about him. We reviewed one of his albums with his uh, band uh, from last year, Danny. Yeah, it was with, um, Chad Walls of the Dale. Yeah, great yeah. album, man. It was really cool. He got an all star lineup for it. Um, but uh, he, he got asked his questions about. Judas Priest, and um, obviously Rob Halford came in as uh, they pretty much, I think, told him to pretty much leave. And it was cool that he saw Rob Halford needing Judas Priest, and Judas Priest really needed Rob Halford. You know, he was kind of the guy who started it all, and uh, it was obviously a sound. Obviously, Ripper Owens, though, could do anything uh, that, uh, you know, he could do, Rob Halford could do, but um, there you go. You know, it's a say la I guess. Oh, I mean, in the end, he came in to replace Halford as they found him in the. Um I think British cover Steel band. cover band. I mean, that's a great story, you know. Yeah. You know, you, you you want to be your idol, you become your idol, and then your idol then fires you. So, <laughs> it's full circle. By it's idol. a perfect circle. <laughs> there you go. But like like he said, he had um iced earth at the time. Now he's got his own thing. So look, it, it was it's never it's never. He's he's a very much a sought after commodity. He's like you know right up top of the picking pile. So he can kind of choose now where he wants to go and how he wants to do things. And uh, you know, and for that, he deserves our minute ahead of the week. Totally humble guy, totally awesome attitude, and he's just kicking ass with his stuff. So, uh, what do we say then? Crown him? 
Oh, yeah, if that's the thing we're doing now. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to do it. Well, you said last week we have to do it as a thing, and now I'm oh, like, you know what? We need yeah, to start right. giving metalheads props, man, because, you know... Hooray for two They're not going to get a Grammy or anything these days, you know, no, so... Yeah. Actually, they'll get Golden Gods because that's back and running now. The yeah, metal Hammer's been they, saved. They, they call it the Metal Golden Gods, but they don't really give it to metalheads, do they? No. They don't even give it to the right guitarist, man. Oh, we, we talked go. about that yeah. last time. We will move on to our next story before it gets out of hand. Uh, Jason, you said... Old Metallica bass player you'd know him as, right? Yes. You said he was his band. He's called it quits. Why? Why? Financial difficulty, number one. But two, and I think this is a very far two down, uh, changing music industry. But there's a third option which you forget to say, that this band kind of sucked. Uh, well, you know, you can't admit that. We, <laughs> we used to play for Metallica in his golden times. You can't say your music sucks. The changing music industry for me is maybe he can't keep up with a trend or whatever. But I think what's more important is that you play songs that don't blow us because your fans are going to love you for it regardless. And I really think that, uh, and you said, great guy, seen him in a few, seems quite nice and lovely. But um, if people were buying his CDs, they would have they would have you know respected the music. But I just don't think they were doing it. And he's thrown in two, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. uh, to tour and stuff. So he got to live his dream, which I yeah. think. And you know that's the thing. He got the money from Metallica, and uh, he's just gonna live off that for the rest of his life. But um, hey, can't win them all, I guess. No, no. New set of projects, no more. Oh well, maybe find another super group. Well, we got Kerry King from Slayer. He's he's in uh, quite the band, but. He almost didn't see a future in the 90s. Why? Because Limp Biscuit made it successful. And that made him want to quit music, or at least seriously question it. Now, I've got a quote from him, Danny. Uh, this is coming from Kerry King. I was really jaded for a while back in the 90s. I couldn't understand why Limp Biscuit was so big. It affected me. I didn't want to play music. I thought, if this is the way music's going, then F this. I hate it. That's why Jeff Hanneman wrote so much for our 1998 album. Um, well... Like, why is this hatred for for new metal? I guess we need to talk about this at one point, right? Maybe we should have it as an editorial. But quickly, Danny, why is there a denial of... Like, if, you know, thrash metal is the heart of metal and death metal is the fists, uh, surely this is the anus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, come on. Like, and every single metalhead is trying to neglect its existence. It's almost like... I thought oh, hair metal... I get it. When you drop the A and S... From anus, you get new as new metal. I see what you did there. That's really clever. I guess A and S means something. As new, anus. Why do people metal? hate it, Danny? I don't know. It might just be that whole metal elitist thing. They're saying, oh, we don't like the style and you're not representing metal enough to be that rich. I don't know. It's just but it's just their style. I mean, it was a new way of going. I mean, like I don't like a lot of it because it brought in like lazy like vocalists, which were kind of not very good. Yeah. Um, riffs, obviously, are pulled right back. You know, when it went from the thrash and the death metal, it was very technical. Then all of a sudden, this kind of countered it with like three-note kind of things, you know, more of a, a groove drive to it, I guess. But I guess what happens? They got popular and metal hates being popular. Well, if I don't understand Kerry King. He's saying Limp Bizkit's the reason he wanted to quit because he couldn't. He didn't understand music going that way. I mean, yeah. at the same time, he had like girl bands and boy bands. Yeah. Sing, so yeah. what, you, you're accepting those as a acceptable style five, of music? Yeah, five people who didn't even write... None of those members even wrote one of those lines, but there was five of them in the band and they all got... Basically, one person sang the whole song, and the other yeah, four there right. were basically there for your girlfriend to finger bang herself to. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you pick your best one. You got the sporty one. You got the guy who doesn't wear a shirt. You got the other guy who doesn't wear a shirt, but he also <laughs> loves sport. I mean, come on, man. That's that's exactly what happened. So yeah, you're right. Kerry King's like, man, why? Why is there such a unjustified hatred for new metal? We have such many more reasons to quit music. I reckon. 
yeah, I mean, he, and he's not even doing bad. Slayer is a really big band, so I don't, I don't understand. Maybe he wanted to be that radio star, and he never got it. I just don't think, uh, you know, he saw guys like Wes and all that, and he saw him with the hair and you know wearing hats and stuff, and he's like, man, I can't do that anymore because yeah. like he must have been like triggered beyond. He had, he had a tattoo hair on. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it sucks, man. Look, look we, we feel for your buddy, but you know, you still you hung around, you survived new metal, you saw the end of it, and you're still playing your thing, and they're not. So you know. I guess natural selection works. Yeah, so that he came out in the early 2000s with God Hate Us All. He wrote Love That and that did quite well. Something we want to see that didn't happen but might have happened was the band's Amaranthi. Amaranthi? All right, yeah, we'll go with that. Elise Ridd, you know, as that really hot chick that wears yeah. those skin tight uh, leather mini short, things, short shorts. mini short shorts, heels in every every film clip. You know, that's exactly what you want from your favorite porn star, and <laughs> she does not disappoint. <laughs> she wanted Arch Enemies Alyssa White Gloos to join Amaranthi. I think that would bring the lead singers to about twelve for the band. Oh, I'd imagine. Yeah, like Wait. literally, do they don't need Wait. a singer? Stop, stop talking, mate. You're ruining it. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> it would have been quite the view. I mean, um, I don't. Th- I think every single concert would need bushes, like you know, like just those six foot high <laughs> trenches everywhere. So guys would have, and everyone would have a box of Kleenex in it. So like, no guy or girl. Like, yeah. oh, we're not we're not sexist here. Yeah, we're no right. delaying fucking interview. So you know. Well, Go for it. The, the new trend would be like trench coats. It's like heavy metal guys. Like, why are you guys wearing trench coats for? Oh, yeah, we don't like black anymore. Yeah. <laughs> See all these guys giving themselves handshakes and stuff. I'm like, dude, that I is metal. They're giving themselves pants headbanging. <laughs> <laughs> Windmills and stuff. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I would love to have seen it happen. Um, even here it happened, though. I don't know. I don't really like Amaranthi, so I don't know how it was stuck right yeah, here. Yeah, that one songs. really good song. Was it this, this, That song. What is that? <sighs> yeah, I don't want that. Now it's going to be stuck in my head for a month. Oh, yeah. Um, so there we go. That That's the news for this week. I hope you guys got a kick out of it. But uh, what we're going to talk about now is our editorial piece. Editorial it is. And this one is a nice, easy one for us. We kind of thought about to ourselves, you know, what can we do that's going to be intelligent, thought-provoking, and really get our fan base um, to get involved in our style but then we also remember we're quite lazy. So we decided to uh, take someone else's work and make it our own. Exactly. Just like every politician ever does ever. Yeah. So politician Super Metal Brother Matt and politician Super Metal Brother Danny are here to talk about vocalists, right, Danny? These are your guys. Yeah, that's right. But um, we're actually talking about vocalists and how much money they have made or they've accumulated over their illustrious careers. Unfortunately, I will never make this money. Well, the the one thing I want you guys to understand is that no matter what your level of capability is at seeing whether you're brand new to it, or, of getting your lungs out there in the airways, or you've been, you know, practicing in a bar for the last 40 years of your life while uh, you, you, know, you get rid of all your funds into your arms or your, or your whatever, you know, or you don't pay your kids or something. I don't know, whatever, whatever these you know, people do. Yeah, I just play because of the love, the music yeah. and, and the free picture of beer I get. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what I wanted to say is that no matter what your level is, it doesn't matter because the people who appear on our list are, are a whole mixed bag. You, you think you reward talent in this industry with money, but <laughs> obviously not. Obviously, it's all about the bottom dollar, and I think it comes down to one, merchandising, really. The way you can sell yourself or your product is definitely going to be the reason why you're successful. The whole, you know, being good at something like singing stuff is overrated and overplayed, I would say, Danny. Well, yeah, I mean, in the, you only need to make one song and you become a multimillionaire. And, and it doesn't have to be a good song. Remember that guy did United States of America? That was a terrible song. He didn't sing it. It was just one riff over and over again. And that guy probably made a million or two million from that song. And that was it. So yeah. 
you're right. Talent, talent is is a good tool to have, but it's not necessity to make it as a musician. To make it simple, though, we're going to keep this in the confounds of rock and metal. You know, we don't want to give away too much in the way of saying, "Oh, you know, it's definitely uh, the whole thing." Now we don't really care about pop. You know. If, if you want to like pop, if you did hits, oh, that's or, depressing. You know, How much they make. Uh... Don't even, you know what I mean? Like they didn't even write their songs. I think oh, these guys no. mostly did. Right at the top of the list, though, for rock and metal. Well, you know, it's not really rock, but uh, you know, Paul McCartney from the Beatles. He's worth eight hundred million dollars. You know, eight hundred million. You know, it's it's more than countries earn, right? More than the probably the planet has. You know, it's ridiculous, right? And he owns it because all he did was sing about how he wants to bang your girl, and that worked a treat in the I guess seventies, was it, Denny? Yeah, that's what they had back then with bicycles. That if you had a bicycle back then, it's like having a Ferrari now. Like, man, that guy's got a bicycle. Shit, man, panties down. Yeah, but you want to be nice about it, I guess. You know, now these days we just like we just say panties down. But back then it was like I want to meet you, and then rah rah. And well, then we, we'll, you know, that's something we want to you know, ride your bicycle. Whatever, down, down. Yeah, we all know what that song's about. It's a right. Yeah, Lucy Submarine, Sky and Diamonds. Yeah, these yeah, guys. Submarine. We know these, what you're getting. At. These guys are doing that's lines disgusting. of coke. That's oh, disgusting. With their strippers. Uh, let's talk about some of the people that are just ridiculously rich and then the people we shouldn't be there as well. You know, we're just going to throw the whole thing under the bus. Gene Simmons is worth $300 million, right? Um, singer? Ah, uh, God, what? I guess. Yeah, he did like one or two songs. You know, like his, yeah. yeah, so we'll put him in the I guess he's in the list, but uh, it's all about merchandising. Those $4 uh, airstrings, man, they are just making him a killing that right now. That is like a $3.95 like profit on four dollars it's five cents to make like the cardboard box saying airstrings oh, it's all profit mate he's under control so that's what you want to do right that's his secret dave Grohl, uh technically he's a drummer at one point as well with nirvana before apparently got kicked out um there you go oh poor guy oh, uh, how did he survive all that money <laughs> well with 225 million dollars i think he's doing quite well you know um Again, you know, Foo Fighters has just taken off. They've made the radio airwaves and they're just making a killing. But Dave Grohl is incredibly charismatic, funny, lighthearted. Never really heard him say anything bad that would ever offend anyone, which is really good when you're trying to yeah. sell yourself. I know one, I had a, a good friend who was a massive Foo Fighters fan, but then he found out Dave Grohl was an uh, anti vaxxer or something like that. I didn't believe it. And you know, my friend switched off on him. I was like, really? Wow. Yeah, because of that? No, if you want to, I guess so. That's the one thing I like. To be so like, maybe that's why he writes such good songs because he's so passionate about his anti-vaxxing. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, we've talked about this separating the the person from the thing. You know, whatever. You know, everyone's got their own line. But um, James Hetfield worth one hundred seventy-five million dollars, same amount as the drummer Lars Ulrich. Oh, drummer! Uh, <laughs> 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 you know these words these days. They're basically <laughs> meaningless, aren't they? Just throw it around. Maybe you know, he's probably like an axe wielder and uh, a level twenty mage as well. While we're at it, let's just add. Firm, more objective. Maybe, maybe it's like he's really bad using chopsticks, and then because he walked past a drum kit one day, he was really bad he using chopsticks. Him. He dropped. Wow, you got a bit of rhythm there, and they yeah. turned to a drummer. And, and, and he's been dropping drumsticks ever since. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Then we're going to start getting into some of the people that maybe don't really deserve it, but for somehow have earned it, right? We really mentioned James Hetfield. Oh <laughs> man! Uh, well, at least he had th- at least he had like, four good nah, albums. He's right. You know, uh, Axel Rose. Uh, one wow. album one album man this is un- honestly I was stumped when I saw him named this high 150 million dollars what Jeez. how many cannabis plants do you build up in your studio and that's in quotations in order to make that money because I did not I didn't think they were that big well I guess they are that big but wow really but it's like one it's one album I know people say oh they've got more but no they don't they have one album and that's what people care about and I just 
I mean, in ACDC, he would have maybe made a million, two million dollars of ACDC, but he's only yeah. been there for like a couple of months. I'd oh. love to know what the other guys are making. Apparently, you know, Axel Rose owns the actual title of Guns N' Roses, so that's his brand. So if he sells that brand, I'm guessing he gets all those royalties as well. Interesting. I wonder yeah. if he, uh, you know, buys the other guys a Ferrari for their birthday at least, or, you know, gives them a, gives them a wink and a nod with a nice birthday card. Jeez. Maybe, probably not. Yeah. Uh, Steven Tyler, we know the guy from Aerosmith. He's like, yeah, he's got that massive mouth. Probably had sex with your wife. Um... <laughs> He's been touring his ass off, you know, and uh, I guess he kind of deserves that, you know, that he made himself a big household name by doing that stupid voting show, which is completely fabricated. Oh, yeah, no, that's the American Idol. Idol, yeah. fact, one of those same, same shows where it's Den and Job at the end of it for the winner. Yeah, where it was that stupid, um, no, what's that, uh, Oz, Oz's wife. Um, Sharon. Sharon. Yeah, where Sharon came out and said, yeah, it's all a lot of crap. Pears on the show, gets her royalty, but even she's like, yeah, this is completely fabricated. Why yeah. are you guys watching that? Yeah, she this said, is all a lie. You'll never get a rock set out of one of these shows. And you haven't really. I mean, yeah. you had that one, actually, to, to be fair, you had that one guy, Adam Lambert, who's saying for Queen. That was about it. Apart from that, man, I haven't seen anyone have of real substance. Yeah, nothing's like a rock star attitude than trying to get the respect of your peers, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And placating to their ego. That is definitely so high in a rock star level. Like, de- you know oh, what I mean? Oh, you couldn't, because those, those producers just turn you into like the um, bad guy. So every time you try to have a big cocky ego, it's like they just like smack him down and all the judges hate you and all the media hates you and you get kicked off the show for being good. Yeah, you know Sammy Hagar's worth $120 million? Yeah, yeah, he was only two, like, was it two or three Van Halen albums. They must have sold better than, you know, water or something. Yeah, or better than um, the drummer's uh, chili. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I don't know how he did it, but he'd be static, you know, having that much money. Um, great voice. Uh, I think it's really cool. Oh, I just knocked my Nike over. That's how happy I am with Sammy Hagar being that high. Maybe that's why he's not too upset about reforming Van Halen and letting David Lee Roth sing with him because he's probably like helping David Lee Roth out. Like, yeah. Oh, you could use some bit of money, David <laughs> <laughs> you Well, you only own $100 million? <laughs> oh, you know, oh, oh, no. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get dinner this time. <laughs> right. here's, here's some McDonald's for you because you can't afford it. <laughs> You're a prick, Sammy Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> the Sammy Hagar I invented anyway is a prick. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. not. Uh, your boy Bruce Dickinson there. Here we go. Iron Maiden. I mean, he owned his own plane, right? Uh, pilots obviously get paid well because $115 million. Jeez. That's definitely a couple of 747s in your back pocket. That's a lot. Actually, he can learn. Because I thought Iron Maiden were great at um, marketing and merchandising. But Gene Simmons, man, he's really showing you how good you can be at merchandising and marketing. But maybe Steve Harris gets most of those royalties, not yeah. because he writes all the songs, etc. I, I don't know how it works. Well, that's a good point because I think Bruce Dickinson wasn't there from the very, very start, you know. No. Um, so that's really, like you said, he'll be getting kind of like what he gets for that. But um, hey, front men, you know what I mean? You come in, come to the show, if someone's really established their name, you just come in, you take all that money for yourself. You know, they need all that money, you know, just get on. So you know what? But he's a pretty good singer, right? We need to start getting into some of those ones that aren't really good. But before we do, I just want to get a couple more nods to people that we think is pretty good. Ozzy Osbourne, you know, after being in Sharon Osbourne's back pocket, sold him out everywhere. You can just see it, you know, it's that stupid show where he was drunk the whole time. Um, you know, he's just he's just on everything. Um, but, you know, good for him. You know, Black Sabbath and solo stuff he's done. I guess, you know, it's... Uh, for a doom metal band, oh, 40, 40 million, whatever he's worth. The biggest doom metal band of all time and you'll never, ever see. I can't believe it. It's, it's a cult following, but this band made it into the mainstream and I don't know how they managed to do it. Maybe because they're the heaviest thing ever at the time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, now everyone that's trying to do it really just sounds so much like them that uh, they just can emulate the band, but they can't emulate the success. No. 
All right. We've talked about some of the best making money. What about some of the ones that we don't know if they really deserve to be there? Jonathan Davis from Corn. You know his voice. It's quite familiar. It's kind of like what would happen if you like... You're really upset when you stab your toe and something, but you can't yell because you're in front of your kids. So you're like, oh, <laughs> so, um, you know, that that's that's a thing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess we're getting to the new metal phase. I think Kerry King's going to start getting very upset with some of these names. <laughs> well, yeah, he sees $45 million out. You know, that's the thing. Um we make fun of it, I guess, but that's that's the way it goes. You know, they did well to put themselves into every kid's lunchboxes in the nineties. You know, I I sure is like anyone who liked corn back then was the coolest kid in the school. You know, that was the heaviest thing that we yeah. could get a hold of. Yep. You know, um, Sepultura sure then after that and Metallica and all, whatever those, those bands are doing fine. But um, yeah, that that little period they had, you know, for that follow the leader album must have you know made them a cocaine mountain. Honestly, they have a fortress <laughs> of just parties everywhere. It's amazing, isn't it? So again, but one album. Like, look at Axel Rose. One album, one song. That's all you need, people. So people out there, keep going. You'll write that one good song, and kid, I believe you. Kid Rock now. Uh, look, I don't know, man. He's definitely got um, He's got someone helping him out, right? I. He's got a good... What is a redeeming factor of Kid Rock, dude? I cannot think of it. I, he's, he, he's fine. He's okay. He's just... Yeah, it's Literally, he is the poster child... Or post to the boys, sorry, for every child out there who wants to aspire to be mediocre and successful. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. He doesn't how... want to wear a belt and become a millionaire. Yeah. He's the epitome. He looks like, you know, the guy that, you know, your sister dates and he's a complete bum, but she's like, you know, low on confidence and she's kind of pr- pretty. So, you know, she gets hit on a lot, but um, this guy treats her like shit and that's like, you know, hopes her out. So really it's like, she's, yeah, your brother-in-law. Okay. He's your brother-in-law. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, whatever. Just Kid Rock, I... And how much is he? $37 million. $37 million. $37 million. Do you understand how much money that is? That is $37 million more than I earn. That's like, right. it's ridiculous. $37 million $1 coins, Matt. I don't understand this. Creed, Scott Stamp. Uh, how? Uh, One album man. again? This one's the opposite. Jeez. You didn't stab your toe, you're on the toilet for this guy, right? Uh. You, you can't, you've been constipated for three weeks. You've got uh, hemorrhoids that are the size of golf balls, but you can't take that shit and you're trying, it's like, we're not right open. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, just the amount of angst in his again, shitting. One album. One album. Really? Wow. $30 million, dude. He has $30 million to buy singing lessons with, but he won't because he doesn't need to anymore because he has $30 million. <laughs> yeah, can Do you, you understand the problem that we're having right now? It's like a cycle. It's like a perfect circle. It just keeps going. Chad Kroger, $30 million. This guy is basically the linchpin of Metalheads as well. They got rid of New Metal, but for some reason, Creed stuck around. Oh, sorry, sorry. Nickelback, Nickelback yeah. stuck around. Um, so angry. Uh- <laughs> that shows you make $30 million of not even making one good album. <laughs> no, that's right. Literally, all he does is sing about how he wants to bang your your missus or your sister. He's basically all the top guys, but for some reason, man, that just worked a treat, you know? Um, again, riffs that wouldn't offend anyone, but they've got ties to metalheads like, I guess, the dead... Um, uh, sorry, the, uh, uh, the Shredder guy, Pantera. Dimebag Daryl. You know, they, they, they were friends with him, and that was enough metal cred for the, uh, the fans to get into, but... 30 million. There you go. Yeah, Marlon you go. Manson, 25 million. Uh, I guess he had, he was pretty big, I guess. You know, he was like the Antichrist at the time, and all kids like, thought he looked cool. Yeah. And all their parents thought he looked like homosexual, which was probably true as well. well androgynous. Androgynous. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. don't know who, where he's coming from or who he is going to be. 
Yeah. Um, oh, look at that. Robert Halford, our boy. We were just talking about him before. He was 25 million. Yes, this is the problem. Like, obviously, someone with an amazing amount of talent. But, um, you know, he doesn't earn nearly as much. I mean, I'm sure he's not going to have to wait in line at uh, Centrelink anytime soon to make his uh, meals happen. But, um, you know, if there was a god, right? Yeah. It would probably bounce out more. Let's go back to uh, talking shit. Dave Mustang. Oh, I don't think he's actually hit a note in his life, really. His <laughs> singing is, is definitely one thing he doesn't do. He does a lot of that. Um, what, what does he do, Danny? The air comes out of his... It comes from his gut, through his throat... Hits those voice nodules right, then those vibrations start moving, and something hits the microphone, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think it kind of makes a passage through his nose first. I think oh, it actually comes out that's of his what nostrils. it is. I think that's that's the difference between his singing style. Yeah, because it's got that you know, oh, that nose sound. You know, you hear it, and you're just like, mm, but right. how much is he worth again? Dave Mustaine's twenty million. But you know, he did write that Metallica at the first album. I think a bit of that he wrote. He actually stole some of those riffs and made it into his own song, so you might even hear it. Um, you know, actually, you think after he did that, um, was it the fan camp thing? He's now with twenty million and twenty thousand dollars. Oh, so yeah, you know, it's all paying off for him. Yeah, that was that was weird. Uh, you know, oh, look, I've I've still seen names here that shouldn't be here. Uh, Jeff Tate, what a surprise! Seventeen million dollars. This guy actually was decent, I guess. Yeah. But um, for a progressive metal band, is phenomenal. Like literally. If if the wine drinkers, the sophisticated types, were metalheads, they would be in that prog metal, and they'd definitely be listening to Queensrÿche from start to finish. Uh, you know, giving these guys the um, voluptuous blowjob of their lives. Um, yeah, could you believe it? I, like, yeah. just like saying Dream Theater is multi-million dollars. Like, yeah. it just blows my mind, man. Um, Tom Araya from Slayer, fourteen million. Don't see many other band members. I'm not sure if they got on there. I don't think Dave Lombardo would be on that list, but um, yeah, those purely singers, though. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess we can't really talk about that much anymore. Phil Anselmo, eight million dollars. Good for you, man. But our favourites. Let's talk about the three we got. Jacob Shaddock. You don't know him? Yeah, you do. Papa Roach, twelve million. Wow, really? Wow, wow. You know, like oh, there was one song they were recognised for, right? Jeez. Like Bodies. That song must have made them. 11 million dollars because near one more million yeah. was about WWE probably paid him that million dollars yeah. to have it <laughs> yeah that was probably the rest of that but I cannot understand that's amazing um, uh, there's one more as well Chester Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park I, I, look these guys are okay you know they, you should be inspired by this list right now if you're out there in the singing world and you're like man I've had three singing lessons you know I'm ready <laughs> for a band I am ready to play at Wembley and you can yeah. these guys do you know, yeah. uh, what about the top of the list? It, it was actually on the bottom of the metal rock list, but we're talking Fred Durst, eight uh, million dollars for eight million dollars. About three years work, maybe. I'm yeah. sure I put up more on that, but it definitely wasn't much work. One album singing. as well. Don't tell like Kerry King. Others should be engraving more than just Slayer in his forearm. I can't believe it, man. That, I mean, you know, obviously when we got this uh, list from the line, they, they obviously were very upset with him earning this much money. But again, you have to understand, these guys, Limp Bizkit, were in every... Like corn. They were in every lunchbox, man. Kids yeah. would take it to school, and they wouldn't even trade it like, like baseball cards. They would hold it more you know, valuable item yeah. than their parents. Yeah. It was weird. So, uh, look, the way life is sometimes, it's not always fair. There's some names that should be up much higher. Uh, you know, our boy from um, Symphony X deserves to be right on the top 10, but, you know... Say love here, I guess, man. Doing what he loves instead of just selling out his soul. I don't know why. Well, yeah. Well, you only got one life. You might as well. You only got one soul, I guess. So yeah, that's right. You might, you might want to save it up for when you're 50. You want to go back a year or two. But this um this company also did the top 
like drummers, how much drummers earn around the world as well. Yeah. Of course, drummers earn less than front people. So, yeah, you really want to... doing way more work. Yeah, and the worst, their, their kit is a lot more expensive than singing. You know, you got to keep replacing skins, cymbals. you got to carry around all your equipment. Buy your drumsticks to keep losing or breaking them. Yeah. Honestly, your advice to anyone growing up is that no matter what you want to do, just be a singer. Honestly, yeah. you don't have to load in anything in. You get all that property to your, you know, your pocket and a mic. That's it. Yeah. And you know what? They probably have had the gig, so you don't even need to worry about yeah. it. Sing- singers are like are the sprinters of like Olympics, where you don't need any material. And then you have drummers who are like the um, pentathlon, like pentathlon, like the, the twenty. Yeah. They have to do twenty things in three days, and then their body shuts down on them, yeah. and they start pooing as they're running because they can't go to a toilet because they're running, and yeah. they have to run because they if they don't, they'll die. Wow. Okay. You know, that's what drummers have to deal with. So, like, you know, I'm just saying. So, how they get a seat, is it? <laughs> you guys be a singer. All right. You guys have learned from the Super Metal Brothers. You're welcome. You know, this list was hard for us to do. I, I've been a guitarist. I, I was wrong, you know. Yeah. I might not see my fruits for labor yeah. rewarded. Also, we did this as a community service. So, that if you ever feel like you need money because you need an operation, then they're the people you should suck up to. Just pretend you're a lifelong fan of Beatles and Metallica. Or kiss, and you might get a bit of money out of them. So, onward and upwards to our feature presentation. We are talking the CD review. 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 As you can tell, we are doing a retro review this week. We alluded to this at the start of our uh, presentation today, and we thought, you know, what's a way and a little bit easier way of getting to you guys to give us what you want. You know, we have a feeling out there that you guys want to hear your favorite band get slammed by the Super, Super Metal Brothers. And for that, you know, we're, we're happy to oblige, aren't we, Danny? Exactly, because we are all about helping our fans out. They're the ones who put food on our table. They're the ones who make me aspire to be the person I am. And they're the ones who, if you, if you weren't doing it, we'd just be talking to ourselves and be like a normal Friday night. Mm. Well, let's talk about what we're going to be reviewing today. We put the question out to you guys. We were really interested to hear what you guys wanted us to review. You know, there's a, it can be anything. You know, it can be a, an album that was released this year. It could have been an album that was was never released, right? I don't know how to review it. It'd be a bit hard, but I'd make some stuff up like a, like every show, I guess. Exactly. We needed to break it down. Unfortunately, we realized that um, people have definitely, um, you know, wanted their band but one person had well actually maybe it was four different people that have the same name the same profile picture and going into their profile the same friends yeah and also pretty much the same time so that's it's quite amazing quite yeah. amazing uh, I would like to thank Shelly she's uh, requested Sabbath Josh McQueen uh, four different Josh McQueens went Mudvayne right I was like wow that's yeah. That's pretty good. Also, Mudvayne, we've got uh, Judas Priest from Zach Hammett, Andre, one uh, Ocean Machine, Biomech. Uh, look, we, unfortunately, and we had some other ones on another list where people were requesting. Uh, we had, uh, was it Shelly? Did she want it? Or was it, uh, sorry, hold on. Uh, yeah, we wanted to see a Black Sabbath one. Um, yeah, Sabbath from Shelly. She wanted to see it as well. She did it four times as well. But I think we should do Sabbath as a retro review as, as we did with Nevermore. I don't think... Reviewing one album will be sufficient. I think we're going to do that, I think, at a later date, Danny, where we go through... Yeah. Now, we won't do the whole thing from no. start to finish, but we'll pick a Dio era. Or we'll take the, the years that you guys want, you know? And we'll really get into it, give you a bit of history, the lineage, set it up so you guys can... We can really tee it off for you guys, you know? Give them the respect they deserve. Mm. Mudvayne, on the other hand, you know, I think we can get it done uh, in one shot. So let's go out. We'll do a Mudvayne review. Now, I think for this review, we can only review one CD, and that CD is the end of things to come. Uh, personally, I think it's the one that 
did well to transition between the uh, LD50 and, the, and, and afterwards. It, do, it just had the best mix, I think, all around. It got them got them very big ignition. It got them, I think, on the Resident Evil movie as well with uh, certain tracks as well. Uh, I, I just think it's the easiest one to get into as well. It's not uh, too technical, but it's not too... Um, it's still in the metal realm and it's not boring, I guess. But uh, you want to hear what we have to say about this album from start to finish and here we go, all right? Let's set it up for you. Uh, beginning, Mudvayne was formed in 1996 in Illinois. Uh, it had the original bass player, yeah, Sean Brakely, uh, that Greg Tibbet guy on guitars, and Matt McDonough on drums. Uh, then they got Chad Gray. Uh, basically, he, had to, he left his job in the factory to be a full-time singer. What a good move, man. Like, a bit risky, though. I mean, well, he wasn't on that list, so it could have been quite risky. I'm not sure what he's worth, man. Now, the LD50 album was actually received quite well in the metal community. Uh, the songs Death Blooms, but mostly the song Dig, uh, again, this yeah. song was massive. Going up, uh, it was like basically hearing that Santa Claus is real and he's going to bring you uh, your PS3 this year. It's ridiculous how happy yeah, it made us. That was on like Channel V, like 4.30 in the afternoon type thing. It yeah. actually made it mainstream. So it was actually amazing to see. It was pretty much this, towards after this, we would never see metal back on the airways from Channel V and stuff like that. You might get it on a on YouTube now is your only chance. You know They've really done well to push it right out um maybe we'll change we've talked about it but we'll move on with the uh, review still so then the end of uh, things to come after the you know the ld50 release now this album just to give you an idea it does combine quite a lot you know it's got their trademark sound with the syncopated rhythms and stuff very uh, intricate bass lines which are very technical um diverse time signatures got the vocal styles all going on right so it's definitely a mix of everything from rock to jazz to to metal it's got a lot, but do we like it, Danny? And that's what we're here to talk about right now. From the top, riffs off the album. What did you think of Mudvayne's uh, riff rollage with this uh, album, Danny? Yeah, I mean, again, riffing, yeah, you don't have like many money riffs in this album. They have a lot of, um, I guess they have a lot of solid like drum and bass lines in this album, but there's no real like sections where you get that, that's memorable riff or that's a riff which really wants me to crank the album up there's only like one or few two few spots on there which occurs for me um yeah i mean again yeah i don't really know much to say at the moment about riffs but for me i don't think they were it's not really that strong for me what do you reckon well this album for me is one of my favorite uh albums to, to review because i actually really enjoy it i I don't know. Uh, this is the thing. It did get such a mixed reaction when it came out, and we'll talk about that towards the end. Uh, the riffs for me are definitely a beautiful combination of syncopation, but involving melody. There are some certain um, sections that are like 17, 8 or something. Like They're just so over the top and so crazy. Um, however, they bring it back down. I think Not Falling for me is probably one of the strongest songs off the album because it's such a easy song to transition to got those grooves set up for the riffs are really cool got the octaves very simple intro you know that that groove um so no i would i would say that uh, the riffs themselves are kind of simple but played in very interesting ways so the problem is though that this is what's alienated a lot of people because it's got such a jarring sound and there's a lot of that jazz chords where they're very just tension building you know they don't seem to make any sense in context and i think for a listener uh that'd just be too jarring and you know what i can't i can't disagree with it you know a lot of these guys what they do is very 
very interesting, but it might not be very stimulating for a listener to listen to. Um, however, no, I think I think the wrists are solid, man. I think it's definitely a plaid sheet way above new metal going around at the time. You know, at least these guys were experimenting with musicianship rather than sampling three chords with a uh, you know a rapper and uh, you know some some melody lines that even I could play. You mm. know what I mean? Well, that is true. I do agree with the fact that these they're quite intricate or complicated riffs, and they do love that creating of tension I, I do agree with that but I think that's for me one of those annoying things that this is one of those bands where they'll only build up a riff very so slightly and then go to a different like riff or a different tone or a different tempo too quickly and it's like you keep they, they love to do that they love to keep building up tensions and then change it or break it or increase it it's hard for me to get that rhythm going in the song I don't know it's just yeah it's, it's a bit too it's too progressive to be like like just an enjoyable groove metal album, but it's not progressive enough to be like a progressive album. I think they're kind of caught in the middle. I just, uh, I just couldn't. I found it hard to get into the the songs because that riff, that that continued driving, is in track three, which you know I guess their their title track, another title track, their um, film clip, because at least it has a continue uh, propulsion with it. The rest of the songs, they just keep breaking attention too much and just keeps throwing me off. Yeah, that's and for me, I'm the opposite where I'm I'm completely surrounding myself with all those awesome ideas that they do and, and exploring them in spaces that in metal are just very daring even for even for prog metal, you know. This is and they're making it work in a uh, I guess more of a heavier sense. Um, it, it works for me. However, I get really excited by those ideas. I think I'm not sure where it comes from whether it's more as a place of genuine like wow that was really amazing like or i like it as a song is like genuinely like it as a song but um songs like world so cold and stuff where they can bring it right back again as well then obviously silenced um all those kind of things are really heavy and uh so yeah it's a great mix man uh the guitarist has got he's throwing it all at yeah um the melody lines they come out now and then uh yeah i guess he's more strong at rhythms I, I think his melodies uh generally just do enough um so we can move on to vocals now and this for me is the biggest polarizing part of the band and i think I can understand why. What do you think of Chad, Danny? Yeah, Chad, I mean, like, he has... Well, look, he has a lot going on in the sense that he has his uh, melodic singing. He has that, like, I guess, a bit of a grunge singing style. Like, it's not screaming. still, like, in his normal tone, but he has a bit of grunt behind it. And then he has his screaming. And then he also has his trademark, like... Um, like... Uh, what's that thing in jazz where you can make up on the spot? Uh, scatting. scatting yeah he's kind of like he's like scatting version of like screaming when it's like to be fair at least he's created a style which I've never heard before in metal so I'll give him credit to that unfortunately I just it's a tonality with him where that he's singing um, voice isn't it yeah I mean see but even sometimes when he does the scream I just feel like he, he he's really straining very hard to get the power behind the scream I just I feel like he's one of those self-taught guys and he just doesn't have at times the balls to go with the album I uh, think he's definitely got he's got musicianship behind him. I think his singing's pretty decent in the sense that the notes are getting hit. Um, I think it sticks out a good scream. Uh, it's got a lot of pain and a lot of like intensity around it, which is good. Uh, attacks really well. Uh, he's got a, he's got an awareness for rhythm. Um, the singing tonality though is a bit nosy, uh, and that it sounds a little weird. It just sounds kind of it's like, like it's like literally someone went up to him and held his nose the whole time when he was singing, right? And you don't hear it when he's on the screams. The screams sound good, um, but again, it's good because he can do those things. I mean, I think he's naturally a fairly decent singer. I think he can do all the stuff that uh, 
uh, on the CD quite well. I thought nothing was really like falsetto where it was like he couldn't hit the notes. So he did that eh, like, like every pop singer does ever. And R&B. I saw that that uh, intro to um, uh, the WWE where they have R&B singers. You're like, all right, they're going to sing everything but the actual melody. They're going to go above the note, below the note and everything nah, around it, right? Yeah. And she did. She didn't disappoint. She was pretty hot though. So I guess that helped. Um, yeah. So again, to the vocalist, I think he's great. Uh, I think it works well. I think he's a great fit for this band. It's that noise that comes out when he's singing, and sometimes I I get pulled out of the immersion because I hear it, I'm like, oh, it kind of sounds weird. It's like literally someone's like gone up to him, pinched his nose, and like, okay, go. Mm. Um, but sometimes I, I I think his um delivery is just good enough to 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 get me uh, transfixed again. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, like you're right, the angst and the the tension. That's a lot of these guys. That's what they do. They build up the angst and the tension. His voice does suit the the songs. I won't I won't deny that. Again, it's just I me. Mean, it's a tone thing. I think for me, it's kind of like the whole dark tranquility thing of this band, where the songs are a little bit too depressing and a bit too angsty. And that's I think that's the underlying tone with these songs. That's it's why, pretty sad album. Yeah, and that's yeah. I think and that's more to be our production. I guess we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, but, but you're right. Like, yeah, like he does it. But I still think you're right. He does. I mean, you're right. The songs are tricky to sing over. He does phrase well, and he does. But he doesn't always go with the beat, and he still stays with it. So I'll give him credit. He does mm. do things quite well. But again, yeah, unfortunately, a bit of a tone thing. Yeah, it's fine. You know, uh, this is why with the Super Metal Brothers, I guess. Um, controversy ensure diversity. This album has a lot going on. It is influences, like we were saying before, from death metal. You can hear prog rock in it. You can hear classic rock. There's obviously jazz influences, the syncopation, the the intricacy in the rhythms and stuff. It is definitely a I wouldn't say a cluster, but it seems to work all the well together. And I think what they do well is very up enough where it doesn't become a formula for songwriting. I think they push themselves enough where it's not like uh, repeating itself. Although you could argue that, you know, it's just a bunch of noise, really. Oh, I mean, so that's a bit harsh to say yeah. it's a bit noise. But I would slightly disagree where they don't have a repeating fo- uh, sound, but they have a, sometimes a repeating formula where they love to either start heavy and then go slow and then back to heavy or vice versa. So mm. the, the, all the album is just about building a breaking tension and it's constantly doing that. You don't have too many of their songs where they'll continue driving with a strong bass or strong melody. I mean, you don't have to have it, but they, they seem to be wanting to use yeah. that tension building. And that's fine. I mean, every song has its own unique sound and style. Um, again, you're right. They, they're they not afraid for every instrument to have their time in the sun. Tempo changes are obviously there. They do like time changes during songs, which is quite, quite yeah. good. I think they do a lot. No, I think they throw everything together quite well. It's a good mix. Uh, there's just the right en- enough spice. Uh, they could, lucky they don't overshadow it with too many more instrumentation. It really needs... Because what happens is every artist now can pull up a bit. Uh, the drumming is really good. You know, um, with doing his thing, you know, no matter what the song needs, he can do it, you know, from subtle to technical. Uh, the bass player definitely is all on the record. Um, he obviously adds a layer, which is very good because the drum, the guitarist is pretty much doing his own thing where I think everyone else gets to stretch their wings a little bit more and do whatever they want. Um, but yeah, there's differences. You know, you've got your heavy tracks, you've got your commercial tracks, you've got your sad, slower songs. But generally, I find it's a heavy onslaught, dissonance, weird time signatures, almost that it throws you off to want to headbang. It's like you, you engage with it because it sounds kind of cool and unique and it's evil or it's dark and it's very depressing and they're very good at doing that. But they'll throw you so many curveballs like, whoa, I can't headbang to it. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Like, you know, your body's just gone into like some sort of convulsive shit. <laughs> so, um, but I think that's generally their charm. That The charm of this album is is what it's a combination of styles that normally don't meet 
and just seeing what happens when you just kind of ramp it up. And I guess that gives you math metal. That's the best way of kind of describing yeah, what it is. Yeah, that's what they said, math metal. But apparently, it was it the guitarist, the drummer, someone of the band said he didn't even know what the hell math metal actually meant. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah it's that's basically true. like. Oh, it was 17, uh, 8, and then it goes into 11, 8, and rah, rah. So it's implying that they're aware of their own kind of like, you know, craziness with their science interests. That's why I call it math metal because generally 4-4, four, four, you know, is, is generally most of the songs, right? And yeah. uh, it's a very safe haven, you know, uh, but these, these guys do everything to kind of clash against it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was ambitious. This album is ambitious, and I think that for me is going to be why it divides people, you know, and it did. You know, a lot of people were like, nah, this album's trash. Yeah. And some people were like, nah, this album's really, really good, you know? So, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, and they do something quite, I think quite clever. Like track A, the whole staccato thing they do with the singing and drum thing, it, it comes out of nowhere. But again, it, it fits the whole tension of the um, album. So, look, yeah, they, they tried different things without. Yeah, it was quite angry. So the groove of the album is the most important, right? When you're doing a band like this, you know, it's very important that uh, there's no blast beats or anything frenetic or anything of technicality in that sense. However, this is a technical album in a sense that uh, there is a lot going on. Um, and they're doing, and each instrument, including the singer, is expanding themselves. You can really tell they're challenged in that. Um, it generally grooves I find you know the drummer does well to set it up uh, there's some of those transition changes are very odd like sometimes a song will just kind of feel like it stops and then another song starts almost you know some very jarring changes um, you know that's how they roll they they don't even care um, what do you say Danny? yeah I'm not streaming you definitely have like your like driving bass and drum lines just give you a nice rhythm groove a nice groove to it so that's Definitely there. There are times it does get a little bit chunky and a little bit headbangering, so you want to rock out to it. Uh, a lot of times they go for just a feel. Yeah. So they're trying, again, the whole tension and the angst, and they're trying to be a bit more motive with a bit of their um, clean vocals in it. So, yeah, it's just all about, again, just building and breaking tension. So but look, there is, I think there's there's more groove than there's not groove in this album. Yeah. So, they, yeah, predominantly the song will have a section where you would definitely want to yeah, headbang or dance yeah. around or move. I agree. Yeah, generally that's how a songs are set up. You know, there's always going to be that weirdness to every song, in a sense, or just that little bit of uh, you know, just a, just a touch of something different. Um, we, I think, just going straight to production, so we can really talk about this album as a whole now, uh, would be really important because we can see uh, if we love this album or don't. Um, it sounds great. Like the album, I think, from start to finish, is very clear. You can hear everything on it. Um, great playing. Uh, it's very the diversity is definitely there as well. So, do you think Danny, this album is actually a good album though? On, on start to finish, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is tricky because then this is uh, more of a personal taste. I don't like this depressing angst, mm. stop starting style. I mean, I normally listen to music to enhance my good mood rather than to get me upset and depressed. And this is one of those albums where yeah. it's more about for, for me the the, the the sounding they produce tends to be a bit more like angsty and I. I can't get it. So that's personal yeah. opinions aside. That's why there's a bit of um, trepidation to this album. Mm. Like some people, if you really enjoy it, like you suggested, that they, they have put quite clever and unique songs together. Um, if you like that style that they have, it, it is it is fine. Again, singing tone. That's again personal preference. I mean, he does put do a lot there, and does um, complement the uh, music quite well. So he does. There is musical abilities. It is quite good. Um, yeah, it's just again. It's more just personal taste. I just can't sign again to. Yeah, this album for me is actually a bit of a win. I actually really, really like it. But I 
kind of don't listen to it anymore, and it's probably a reason for it. I think it's a great transition album for me. Um, anyone out there in metal uh, that wants to get their friends into it, like, you know, this is a great band because what it does is it's got these, they got enough melody and enough hooks in it, but it's also got an unusual thing to it where their guitars aren't full-on heavy. Um, it's, it can be engaging and captured that way, but then there's some other songs that if they start liking that stuff, then there are other bands that they can start thinking about getting into later. So um, I think there's an accessibility here that they've done quite well, but they've managed to separate themselves from all the generic new metal and out there by adding so many different other genres and mm. uh, ideas. But these musicians are at top of their game too. I really believe that these guys are quite strong in musician-wise. Even though they're the Tony Elliott the singing, can throw me off a little bit and the bass player maybe just goes too much where uh, it'd be more important to maybe lock in a little bit more. They have personal preferences, right? They all, they're all phenomenal musicians and I think that comes across uh, good songwriting, uh, strong from start to finish with their playing and uh, yeah, and, and the, the array of different styles of uh, time signatures and, and, and you know, keys and stuff like that. And to push it aside, I'm doing some stuff like diminished stuff. Now I think it's uh, I think it's really clever, and they do it in a way where it doesn't come across as wanky. I think it's organic, and it's it's a process that uh, it sounds more immersing that way and uh, challenging. I, I it takes a certain person to write those kind of things, and uh, I think they've done well. Uh, but that's my take. I'm definitely more of a muso, so I really respect that side of it. Maybe that's what's talking to you, but I'd still recommend this to a lot of people who are getting into metal. I think it's like now good transition album it's enough there that will get you going yeah i think it's definitely you're right transition from like that grunge uh new metal um you know what's like smashing pumpkins type phase if you want to go from that and you want to progress a little bit heavier you can use this album to kind of swing a bit more to the dark side yeah so with that you know it comes with a strong recommendation for me uh, i really do like it I've, I've owned this album for quite a long time but i have uh, kind of thrashed a bit and i don't really return to it too often though so maybe it's long longevity for me uh, just doesn't isn't fit in there. I know the band will not get to back together. There've been rumors about them maybe getting together, but after they've did the hiatus in 2010, they kind of started that hell yeah thing that took off quite well. And uh, Chad thinks still in it, and the other guys have got another band, which is a progressive rock band. So, you know, yeah. I think maybe the metal days for half this band is is over. Yeah, and that's it. So look, there's that's only rough. five albums. So, yeah. I mean, give them credit, they're all four guys who on all five albums. Oh, look, the other albums, I don't know about the, the latest one they did, but the one just before, after this one here, I think it's Lost and Found. Uh, don't worry about it. It's actually quite boring. Um, it, it, I didn't, no, nah, I can't recommend it. LD50, yeah, great. There's probably more of an anger, uh, you know, hitting, hard-hitting kind of affair where this album kind of put more, more atmosphere to it, a little bit more of a, more accessibility, I'd imagine, too. So um, with that, you know, uh, Danny's like, nah, but I'm a yeah. So, you know, who's your favorite Superman brother now? Uh, <laughs> oh, pressure. Dividing the camp up, you know. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say. If you guys want to jump on our Facebook, Super Metal Bro, that's facebook.com forward slash Super Metal Bro. You can also catch us, obviously, right here. And then on Twitter as well. Uh, we're on Super Metal Bro there as well on Twitter. So um, I guess with that, we're at the end of our show. Yeah, I'd like to thank Josh again for, like, choosing our city and for this retro review we really appreciate it and yeah. appreciate all the fans interactions um 
Hopefully we see you at um, Heavy SA this Saturday. Yeah, we're thinking about you, Shirley. Don't worry, that uh, Black Sabbath uh, tongue lashing is going to be happening, especially yeah. if it's the Dio years. I'm really looking forward to doing that. If you request that, we will do it sooner. That's because there's only about three albums as well. Yeah, Not counting really albums. Really good so. albums. And yeah. there's some of the best songs from Black Sabbath are from that era. Yeah. Come at me. Yeah, you can have all your Snowblind and your Falling... What was it? Sorry, what, was it? what are the other ones with you? Know, Paranoids. Grave. Yeah, Cradle of the Grave. You can have all that. No, two of the Graves Children of the Grave we got Falling Off the Edge of the World we don't need any other song ever written because that is one of the best songs yeah. ever written Children of the Sea Children yeah. of the Sea oh my god man I'm getting excited talking about it. let's do a retro review now oh, <laughs> yeah. add another three more hours to this podcast oh well, with that guys I'm Super Metal Brother Matt and I'm Super Metal Brother Dan we've been the Super Metal Brothers thank you guys so much for listening tune in next week and we'll see you at new Heavy SA I guess oh yeah